Welcome to Sky Sessions, the Skyweaver podcast with Sidus, Just Add Bacon, and myself, Glenn Candle. Sidus, we missed you last week. Uh, how are you doing? So, uh, I have been really busy since the last two weeks for some IOL stuff, but uh, I think uh, I have all the things settled right now, and I'm ready for more Skyweaver. Well, it's good to have you back. Bacon, how are you today? Yeah. I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I finally got through my slog of stuff after spring break, so I've got some free time. <laughs> wow, guys, everybody's got free time. Except for me, I just started a couple new jobs, but I have, like, it's weird being on a more consistent schedule because I'm like, oh, I don't have anything to do. I can play Skyweaver without worrying about what I'm not doing. So I've actually had more time to play lately, too, which has been nice. What is he playing like recently because i don't have a lot of chance to play skyweaver and i'm just curious about what's popular in the kilometer well i've been seeing we still have iris being pretty dominant but i'm not seeing it too much even when i was playing conquest yesterday i didn't see a lot of iris but i know it's still good i played against a lot of zoe um zoe zombie is really a top tier right now i think personally i've been playing Back to Grave City, but a new, different tech version that I made uh, myself, and I'm really happy with it. Uh, I tried out some dig, and Bacon was helping me build a dig list a little while ago. Oh, nice. Sounds like you have uh, a more diverse meta in Conquest, comparing to, like, last month. Definitely, when I played yesterday, it was a number of different things, and not predominantly iris this time okay so how do how do you think about the new manlong uh i i play a few games of banjo groomer myself and manlong is just uh so powerful in i think any rainbow deck with wisdom but uh as you guys might have known i just play rank most of the time so i don't know if it's as good in conquest so, did you run into uh, any decks that ran Melong? <laughs> Basically, every deck that has Wisdom in it runs Melong right now, and I think Wet Melong is a lot better. I actually went heads up. I went heads up against Zayu in a. Uh, he had an interesting aggro Titus deck that ran Discover as well as Melong, and he's getting Melong out uh, for zero mana. And it oh. was, yeah, he's the one who would find that uh, combination, but he's getting Melong out for zero mana with the Dream Gates. And uh, it was just face fest. Very good deck. I played it a little bit too. Yeah. It's like yeah, a. It checks out. It's like a stronger version of Chomp because it's FICO still eight, right? Uh huh. Well, except yeah. for it goes straight to the face and Chomp doesn't. Yeah. yeah, Chomp has to have a unit. Menglong just needs there to not be any guards in the way. Yeah, I I think <laughs> I think the dragon probably need a, a change again. I definitely think that it has become more problematic than it was before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just a really powerful burn tool. That's all you can really say about it. Which isn't what yeah. wisdom should have. 
a no. seven. Yeah, it's not. And any any prism that would have a seven damage ready unit for five mana is not really the prism identity because that shouldn't really exist in Skyweaver as we have it. Like, yeah. think of it this way: it's the best single card, just raw source of burn damage in the game. Agility is, by all current accounts, supposed to be the burn prism, and it doesn't have anything that can actually match that. Tiamat's Rage is a 9-man spell that will punt 6 points of damage to your opponent's face. And not leave a guard body and have banner. And a lot of people are running Maylong with speed boots if they're running Iris. (laughs) Um, And you can possibly get, you know, like, Maylong, Dreamgate into... Um, Eldritch Lore into Speed Boots or something like that. Or Shield Bash is also at 3. The Shield Bash is only plus 1 attack. Yeah, yeah, but you know, if you want to convert your burn damage for like, here's 6 points of, uh, or 6 mana for 8, and also I have an 8-8 with guard. It's an option. Yeah, I found this Titus deck was really using it right, though, because it was... 100% 100% burn. Like, this Titus deck was... Uh, kind of taught me a little bit about the game because it was a, a completely aggro build. Even though it looked like there was some other aspects to it, basically, you just go face, and if you take... Oh, if you try and get creative and do something fun and trade or figure out an interesting interaction, sometimes that would be great, but it would have been better to go face. Yeah, something yeah. people always miss about Skyweaver is just how good burn damage is. If you're coming from like a lot of other card games, you're probably pretty used to treating health as not being that useful or important in a general game. But Skyweaver burn is everywhere. It's very commonly stapled onto other cards. And the hero attack also just constantly saps your health. So hit points are a lot more valuable. Yeah, uh, I also uh, in my playing experience, I also noticed that uh, game is ending faster than before. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I still play the generic rule decks, but I I am still able to kill my opponent on like turn seven or turn eight if they are control, and even in a huge huge fight for both, I can still manage to win on like turn nine and. Less uh faster than my than I imagine. <laughs> yeah, I've been playing a lot of Dig lately, and that is a pretty slow control board based deck. And the latest I'm killing people and ending games is like turn twelve, turn eleven. If you ask me, I like faster meta comparing to slower meta, but uh, I know probably a few players that is more interesting in control will be enjoying a solo meta like you bacon uh, i like faster games i don't really? think that yeah but I think... I think that you i think i think you can have a control deck that plays fast like dig despite it being like 11 12 turns a lot of those turns are like very like quick plays to make like I've usually, I usually already know what I'm going to do on my turn before my opponent has like even played their cards, because I'll just think, okay, if they're going to play like a three man or a three health unit, I'll play this removal. If not, I'll do this. If because like you know what decks they have. If you've played a lot like me, like you basically know what's going to happen. So it's really just a game of like what cards did people draw and is my opponent doing something weird. 
So like I already know what I'm going to do on my turn, so they'll play and I'll go, okay, this and that, your turn. And then <laughs> my games actually run pretty quickly because of that. Okay. I'd say Grave City is not a fast deck at all. It's a lot of removal, especially if you're going against aggro. It's a lot of trying to find ways to last until later turns when you can start doing a lot of burn with death effects. Personally, yeah. one thing I do, and very few people agree with me, and that's fine. This can be like the staple of my Grave City versus other people's. I think um, Albane is really, really good in Grave City, and I run it all the time. And that helps against aggro because it can be a board clear but it also helps in a kind of combo-ish way where you can let's say jar of souls with you know like two festival cannons or a timber and something and you'll get the procs of the death effects the same time you play it which with jar of souls is really good because how many times have you guys jar of souls into cause wrath and now you just lose your win con. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I don't run Jar Souls. <laughs> but um, th- that's kind of a lot of what Grave City is, is it's delaying and you have, you know, I even run Overmind in mine right now, which is literally just a delay tactic. So I wouldn't say that I'm playing super fast games personally. Oh, you are probably playing the slowest city desk I have ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Overmind is uh, kind of cringe, not gonna lie. It's yeah. good. It's really... Okay, here's something that people don't know. Mai has got, like, really good AoE options, and one of them I do really think is Overmind. If you're playing an aggro mirror, and, like, I've got board, and my opponent goes, oh, shoot, they've got board, and then they develop, like, all of the stuff. If it doesn't have guard, you know what I do? I just play Overmind. I just laugh at them. Because, like, they're sitting there for the days, they can't do anything. And it's like, oh, great, well, I've got to wait another turn, I guess I'll play more units. And then you drop, like, uh, you drop It's a Trap, or maybe even Mass Confuse. It just, it just works. It's a free turn. Or they play Wall of the Dead, and you, like, build units and then play Overmind, and they can't even play any units. Yeah, they're just trapped. Yeah, that, but, uh, I mean, it's actually enough after they change how days work, and... Even before they rework Dazed, Overmind is not widely played, but you're telling me now more players are going to play Overmind? I'm not saying more people will play over it. The deck for it doesn't really exist in that aggressive capacity. Because, like, uh, frankly, I feel like it should have been ran in my decks whenever they were big and popular. Because, like, you want to know what's a great way to problem-solve big, scary, frenzy turns or big friend things or whatever, just play Overmind. And then just bash their face in. It's like their stuff is dazed, it doesn't have guard. You can just ignore it. But, uh... I I don't know, I think it'll come back around. Yeah, I'm definitely not saying Overmind is a card that should be played a lot. But in my personal build of Destiny, it's great. Because once I have mana, I've got, you know, Glitch Break, I've got uh, Mass Confuse, I've got more options, uh, Volcanic Potion or Chill... You know, sometimes I'll just overmine with three units on the board so that I can chill with six units on the board, you know, when they build more. And it's just a delay tactic to get the mana advantage, try and get an extra foggy proc or something. And once you have the mana advantage with Grave City, it's uh, very easy to win. 
Oh, so Ooh. you have joined the dark side. Dude, I, I know. I've I... always said ramp was too good. I just doesn't mean I'm not going to play it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, we all know you hate how removal banjo worked and Oh yeah, uh, no, the... you're right, you're right. This is a very <laughs> removal based deck. I mean, I'm running Albane, uh, Glitch Break, Mass Confuse, Volcanic Potion, Overmind, probably some other stuff too. I know it is Dark Side, but I'm killing my own units too. That's fine, right? I have units. Uh, no, no, that's not <laughs> fine. The point of playing units <laughs> is to have big stats on board and watch the big stats go smash. No. You're defiling the natural order. So yeah. you are actually in the darker side. <laughs> yeah. The darker yeah, like, side the is the banjo that runs all that stuff, but it's also running all the burn spells or the dust spells like Eradicate and Lost in the Fog. That's the darkest side because I can't beat that. Well, no, you can. It's just it's the most tedious treacherous bullshit you can do there are nine units in my grave city he has nine dust spells i have no direct damage i cannot win you think that's bad try playing freaking hork dig into that shit you like spend turn after turn just slowly like trying to trade units into removal efficiently like all right i'll play lamurray i know you'll trade something okay i'll play old foogie okay cool it's eradicated whatever and eventually like you work your way up you find some way, like, you burn a removal spell just to kill Scarabot, just to make something happen. You finally get through all of that. You play Empty the Undercroft. Whoa, I've got all these units. And you know it's all for naught, because they're going to play, at the very least, Glitch Break, if not Touch the Sky. Like, that, that is just annoying. I've lived in this world before. Yeah, I've been here since, like, 2020. That, that used to just be my experience. <laughs> oh, they experience it way more, way, way worse right now. Removal, I mean, <laughs> removal used to be so good. Like it's still very good, but removal just used to be like incredibly good, especially in wisdom. Oh, you mean the old day that everyone still run Doomsday? <laughs> uh, yeah, Doomsday used to be. Yeah, Doomsday used to be a 6-mana spell that would give fate to every unit on board and then just kill them. So if your opponent had a full board, you would just play Doomsday, overdraw their hand with, like, crap out-of-deck draws. And if you had any, like, crap units in your hand, you could play them first and just get free cards. Seal of Doom used to be... Well, Seal of Doom has actually been the way it is for a while now. Touch the Sky used to dust everything, and if you had less than 16 health, it would heal you up to it. So... It actually, like, if you tried to beat down your opponent with units, they would just touch the sky and heal. So for aggro decks, you actually had to have combos that could, like, burst your opponent down from 16 health to not lose games. Sounds tough. There is a deck out um, there right now that I think we should touch on, because I think it's possibly the most problematic deck. Oh, sure. Uh, Minucci's Command Mira currently is... You know, I don't know if its win rate is that great. Uh, I've beat it plenty of times. I've lost to it plenty of times. But its high roll capacity is too good, in my opinion. Oh, I think yeah. I have played a few games against that deck. So yeah, they run, I've seen it too. They run Mad Hat and Hex Siren, right? And yeah. a bunch of high code spell. Yeah, yeah. and Minucci's Command most specifically, and... It's all high cost spell. Their bottom cost spell is usually seven, sometimes eight. 
and they'll get Minucci's Command out for either two or four, usually. Four is common, and they'll pull anything from, you know, BFR, Tiamat. Tiamat's really annoying. I had someone play Tiamat against me on turn four. I double guarded, but I couldn't kill it. So I literally couldn't gain any mana past four, which... Oh, oh man. Yeah, I... Skill issue. I was stuck at four mana for the rest of the game. Clearly, you just need to draw Germinate. Which is something I've now put in my deck. I put Germinate, Wed Dead, and uh, Mad Vibes to counter this specific <laughs> deck, because I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, I actually want to mention something about that. A lot of people recognize very clearly that cards that can just accelerate a ton of mana, especially early in the game, are problematic, but something I don't think a lot of people really recognize is how the meta actually responds to those cards. As Blank Handle wonderfully demonstrates the best counter to those kinds of things that just play really wonky big units super fast, is running uh, cheap, if possible, uh, hard removal options. Be they, of course, like Wet Dead, Germinate, Mortal Blow, Judgment, any of those. But I think that there's actually something a bit of an issue with that interaction because think about this if you queue into a deck and it is with some notable probability that your opponent is running a cheat deck you have a hard removal option in your hand in the mulligan if your opponent is the cheat deck and you do not take the hard removal option and your opponent like actually gets their combo you just lose the game if your opponent is not a cheat deck and you have the hard removal option you can take it maybe win maybe lose but your hand will be a bit slower, the game itself will be a bit slower. That, if people are like actually thinking about that, and I have my assumptions correct, I think that that's a whole reason in and of itself to actually try and nerf early game cheat things. Because I don't think we should live in a world where everybody has to keep Mortal Blow in the opening hand. I think that just makes the games worse, it makes them slow. I mean, that's the, just the trade-off that's always existed in t for attacking cards for the meta i mean i agree maybe especially this version of mira is a little too cheaty and is causing people to have to keep them more dramatically but um you know that, that was historically a problem with city you know you'd get something like chomp in your opening hand and you're like is it zoo city because i don't really want chomp or is it death city where i really want chomp and you'd have to make that decision um, and that's part of a good card game, but you're right as well, you know, at least with me, luckily in Grave City, you know, if I take Germinate and they're not running cheat, I can Germinate my own guy and get value out of it. But making those choices has always been, you know, kind of part of card games. Yeah, just another situation where I think that open deck list might help improve the game. Because then, like, you know if your opponent is playing the stupid cheat deck or not. If they are, cool, I keep the hard removal. You do your stupid combo that shouldn't exist. I play Germinate, you lose the game. If you're not, alright, cool, we can actually play a normal game. I will keep fun cards in the opening hand and we will actually play. What are your thoughts, Cytus? Um, I'm actually looking for some uh, deck list template for this deck, and... Um, as far as I'm concerned, um, I don't think uh, the chance you got to play Multi-Cheat's Command for 4 is actually that high. So, I mean, like, if you play 
play multi-cheese command on for for like ten percent of the games, I think it's acceptable because uh, it doesn't look like the deck can actually cheat a lot, especially after the Elder Surge is nerfed. Um, I I know Bacon does not like uh volatility, uh, but uh, well, that's kind of what I said when I first brought up the deck. I said I beat it plenty of times, but its high roll capacity is too high. Um, and it also has the option to get Mutichi's Command off of Enigma Golem, helping it build a really big board around 8 or whenever they get Enigma Golem out. Yeah, but I mean, the deck seems pretty weak um, early game, so... Um, and I think against a good control deck, you don't, you don't really afraid of their cheating, because um, I would say uh, this deck looks like it's... It's really weak against uh, hard removal, and that's what a control deck is usually good at. And if you are playing a mid-range or faster deck, you should be able to have some sort of advantage on early games. So even if they cheat like uh, multi-cheat command on 4, uh, if they bring something that is not as strong as BFR, you should be able to answer it, uh, spending like like a full turn, but you know, um, this deck can do nothing on turn 5 or turn 6 after they play Multi-Shift Command on 4, so uh, it's still a fight. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say you it's an auto-win, but it's still a fight, so... Yeah, it's um, not an auto-win, but it's... I mean, Unless it it's Tiamat. Yeah, if you get, like, locked by Tiamat, uh, that's, you're just screwed. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think... Mm, I I personally doesn't like the Tiamat's glory effect a lot, but uh, well, yeah, Tiamat could definitely be reworked. They could make honestly, you might be able to just take its glory effect and make it a play effect. Oh yeah, that's that's probably uh, one way to uh, yeah. change the. The card. issue, yeah, the issue is that that would really creep cause wrath. Oh yeah, because like. You'd, you'd be playing a 9-mana unit, or sometimes a 7-mana unit, if you get a good Chromiosaur. It just controls their board. It It's an all-bane of damage to the enemy board on a massive body. And it yeah. also de-ramps them. I, but, I don't think you, know, you can keep the number if you are going to change that, change yeah. it that way. I think maybe yeah. 2 damage or, or less. I think you keep 3 damage, and I think you drop the stats a little. Oh, that's probably another solution. I know they yeah. really like the numbers of <laughs> multiplying by three on Tiamat because of the law. Yeah, but like, can we can we stop balancing bad cards around flavor? <laughs> like, if they can be good and have flavor, that's great. They but broke I think it for being... rage already. Yeah, yeah. Rage is like a weird card though, because like it doesn't actually kill anything in its own mana cost but uh sometimes it just raises a bunch of units other times it's just a big pile of burn damage that also deletes a few things yeah I, I can kind of, i can kind of understand the design philosophy behind the rage because uh uh we all know magic the gathering is one of the most popular card game and they probably want a hide and gain finisher in fire element and I mean, 
if you ever finish the game with Tiamat's Rage, it's actually pretty satisfying. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Yeah. So this aggro Titus deck I've been talking about runs Fire Sight, and it also runs Ifrit, so it can usually always finish off a game with Rage, if it even gets up to 9 mana. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Hork Dig sometimes runs Rage. Not recently, though. Honestly, this was quite a while ago, but one of my secret favorite cards is Polar Bear. And a big part of the reason is because if you have Polar Bear in your discard pile, and you use Grave Royal for whatever reason, there is not any good reason to run either of these cards in the current meta, unless you're playing, like, Zombies or Death City. But, uh, anyways, I digress. You can, like, Grave Royal with Polar Bear in your discard to get Seek to out-of-deck, like, Tiamat's Rage and just produce surprise burn damage. Oh. Yeah, it's really cool. It's part of why I wish that Polar Bear was a uh, better card. Because, you know, if, like, you just play the body and then you just sit on Seek for a long time, then it's like, okay, I can threaten you with a uh, Seek into Grave Royal or Tiamat's Rage, so you have to, like, actually come at me a bit faster. It applies passive pressure in that way. <laughs> the issue is that Polar Bear's body is just garbage. The issue is that you have to empty your deck, and that indicates a really, really slow game. Yeah, but I mean also, if you just play the Seek and play the spell, it's a one-mana draw. That's not bad. Yeah, it sounds like a good uh, interaction, actually, because if you don't uh, draw Grave yourself, you can still play your first Polar Bear, and you can Seek into Grave Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't even have to run Grave Royal. You can run Polar Bear, and then your only options are either Tiamat's Rage or Grave Royal. So honestly, it's kind of better to out of deck the Grave Royal. Oh. But, uh, uh, do you really run so, so little spell in your deck that you can always seek for an OOD spell? Oh, no. This is. This is back in the days of, like, imagine if every deck was Mixwish. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, these are... My, uh, the gray hairs in my bacon beard are showing. <laughs> bacon beard sounds gross. Sounds like a, a TikTok trend or something. Everybody could build, make a bacon beard. It's quite savory. Uh-huh, I'm sure. Tastes like applewood and honey. Oh, is this really a thing? I, I saw no. you were trolling. <laughs> I'm definitely no, there's a, that's, that's a popular like uh, bacon flavor at stores. It'll be like applewood smoked honey or something on like the packaging or whatever. And it's literally just bacon. Okay. Like that's all it is. <laughs> I should change my name to that. Like for uh, April 1st or something like just bacon. <laughs> okay. I'm, I mean, like, I'm fine with it. Just losing the ad you don't need to add it anymore we've got the bacon it's just bacon though <laughs> weren't just. you just add bacon no just, just bacon, bacon. <laughs> so is it bacon or just bacon just bacon well great that clears up nothing <laughs> okay let's get back on to the topics of games and um, i saw we are going to discuss about our um uh best playstyle today Will you start us off with that, Sidus? What's your favorite playstyle? Oh, uh, okay. So, uh, I, I actually have mentioned this on one of the interviews from Skyweaver Leaks. 
that uh, my favorite uh, type of deck is combo decks, but I'm probably the at best at pirating blue decks. So uh, I still play these two types of decks every now and then. And uh, I will describe that playing a combo deck is like uh, spending uh, most of your brain power on deck building because uh, the the way you optimize your deck is probably a little more important comparing to any other archetype if you are going to play a combo deck because uh, the uh, stability of your combo decks will really contribute to your overall win rate. And if you build your deck correctly, uh, usually you will not be having a lot of options in the actual games because the, the game plan is quite straightforward. You uh, you ramp sometimes and you try to stay alive until you draw all the combo pieces and you just play them. So some good example is the uh, uh, my Nakamoto land meta that you just try to play Nakamoto and empty your deck and just play your land combo. So I love that kind of deck because uh, it's really interesting to optimize it when you uh, try to build your deck. And I would say the blue deck is uh, just at every end, another end of this because uh, you have like a uh, hundred different way to build your deck and they will probably all work. But uh, during the actual gameplay, you have to make every uh, turn as ideal as possible because uh, uh, that's just how blue decks win again. You have to spend your mana in the most efficient way and you have to uh, try your best to develop your board. But uh, at the same time, you have to avoid running into the big AOE spell from your opponent. So you have to make choice like every single turn. And I, I really like to play blue deck in almost all the card games because uh, the, the reach of choices is just abundant in the actual gameplay and it make me feel the deck is super fun. And in Skyweaver, I think the loot deck is more special compared to uh, something like Hearthstone or Magic the Gathering because uh, you know I, I really love the hand buff cards like uh, Bone of Natals, Bio, and something like Crystal Restorer. And in a usual rule deck, you will see the player playing that is always trying their best at uh, putting state on the board. But in Skyweaver, um, usually it's still a good idea to put state in your hand, even you, you, if you are playing a blue deck, like uh, we have discussed it in the past episode that turn one burn of nettles uh, is usually a good play, especially consider the fact that a blue deck uh, usually mixed with hard prison and you have you already have something like scholar board and shady dealer in uh hard prison so uh you can just put state on this guy and since they have dash you are not really uh that worried about uh losing tempo on the board a lot so uh there are a lot of turns that you can choose to put the state onto the board or put it in your hands 
uh, depending on what you think your opponent is playing or what is in your in their hand, and uh, it really brings a lot of uh, brainstorm and the entertainment of Cardland for me. So yeah. What would you say, Sidus, you struggle with the most a type of deck? Uh, you mean like you like meta? Yeah, or no, like when you play a deck, what archetype do you avoid? I hate wisdom. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> you hate control or just wisdom? I hate wisdom because uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because uh, not every control deck has as much healing option as wisdom. So we all know how disgusting the <laughs> unit less banjo is. I mean, uh, most of the time I am playing Exolu in Kilometer, and you you know Exolu has a lot of burn, burning damage from Longboid, especially if you run Gary the Gone and Gravelio. So even if a control deck is constantly control your board so that you cannot uh, have anything on board every single turn, you can still probably manage to finish the game with burn damage. But uh, if you are playing against Wisdom, uh, you need a lot of luck because uh, they just have so much healing options that they can completely negate your burn damage from Longboid. And it's really frustrating. And also, to add another degree on the uh, disgustingness about Western deck is that they have the option to run our favorite three cold water spell in their deck. <laughs> that, yeah. Sidus, well, what spell could you possibly be talking about? <laughs> I, I think you only have one spell that costs three and it's water in Western. Oh, it's the it's oh, the actually, North no, uh, spell. I, I think you oh, there's another spell Quite just Irene, actually. But I'm talking about when. Oh, sure. oh, wow. That's the one that does Norse of Irvest's effect. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sidus, uh, you have still not answered my question. <laughs> I asked you what uh, you don't like to play, not what you don't like to play against. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean... <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, as, ev as probably a lot of players might be surprised, I don't like to play control decks. You're almost never going to see me play uh, control decks unless it has some sort of combo in it. And the, the reason is probably that I play too much control in <laughs> Magic the Gathering. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. But uh, uh, it's not that playing control is not fun, but you know, I'm a good community person, and I don't want to introduce pen even to my opponent. So I try to stay away from uh, things that usually bring pen to my opponent, <laughs> like <laughs> remove. Yeah, I try to kill them in a fair way, and by fair I mean uh, mostly kill them with unit. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's that reaction, Bacon? <laughs> oh no, I'm just thinking that this is very... This description is quite different from the uh, image of Sidus in my head. He's always doing these wacky combos and shit. Like, you're the one who came up with, like, Mirror Surge. You're the one who is doing all the shit with Sonic Signal. Like, hey. 
Hey, bro. Hey, I, 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 try, I, I try to kill people fairly. I try to I try to do most of my damage with units. Also, plays an 8-mana spell to draw 2 spells, deals 6 damage to face, plays freaking Storm's Echo, does an air 6 damage to face, he does also, 3 damage to face. He also said he loves Zam, and then he said he likes to kill people with units. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, okay. I don't I like got... to play Control. Also plays deck that just, like, removes units the entire game. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, okay, guys, I got the question for you guys. So, uh, imagine you it's your first time seeing a Mira Surge deck, and they just play Ella Surge into whatever shit, and uh, just completely destroy you and leave a huge board. And it's your first time ever to see the combo. Would you think it's cool? Yes, it's cool, very much. Because I remember yeah, when no, you showed it to I me. I would be immensely pissed because <laughs> I would be losing. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> let's just ignore Bacon and let's imagine... <laughs> no! Uh, <laughs> I'm the only relevant sample. <laughs> let's just imagine a normal player that happened to see the combo for his first time and... They just think, okay, oh, this is so cool. I got to play it on my own next game. And let's the intention that let's the intention that keep keep me on building this kind of deck. And if they become simply broken, I simply stop playing those deck. So you will never see me playing like Iris in patch one oh eight because I know it's broken. And I know uh, after the Mirror Surge is invented, a lot of players is playing Era Surge, and I actually stopped playing after it becomes so popular. Because uh, yeah. I know it's probably a bit broken in the patch that <laughs> it just went out. But uh, it's actually countable. It's, it's very, very weak against any decks that run bright. So, and, and also, I will not call it a control deck. It's kind of a com combo deck if you... Uh, yeah, Mirror Surge is like a mid-range combo deck. Yeah. So it still fit in my playstyle, right? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. What about you, Bacon? We know you play a lot of dig, but when you talk archetype, what do you think? Oh, I'm Bacon. I'm this type of player. So honestly... If I if all the archetypes were just like equally good, I would jam mid range twenty four seven. Back in my uh, eternal playing days, which was whenever like I actually started getting really competitive with card games, I would always play uh well, if anybody knows, it was like Praxis mid range. Uh, oh, don't tell me you play Sandbox Titan and. <laughs> I love Sandstorm Titan. Sandstorm Titan was easily one of my favorite cards. It was basically a deck that would, like, it would have above curved units. You would have, like, a 4-mana 5-6, 5-mana 6-7. That would also ramp you every time it attacked. It was great. It was also a big dinosaur, too. So, like, you know, really made Bacon happy. And uh, it also have like, some, like, quick, more aggressive units. So that way I could kind of, like, box with people. If I really had to describe my playstyle, though... This might sound a little weird, but I'd actually say that I am what you might call a trapper. And I do actually have, like, an article coming up on this in the future. Because I think it's a very crucial skill for being good at card games that most people really don't recognize. When I say that, what I mean is it's basically a playstyle where you have your deck, your opponent has their deck, and you don't just think about, like, what you have and what your opponent's, like, kind of archetype is. 
but you think about the very specific plays your opponent might make, and you're basically trying to play it like chess, where you're trying to either mislead them into making bad plays, like, I'm going to play this, so that way you use your removal spell improperly, so that way I can play this and you can't do anything about it. Or you're setting up plays where it's like, I will play this, you will respond with this option, and then I'll clap you with an AoE that you weren't expecting. Or other things that are like... It's playing around with a lot of like information. And you have to make assumptions about the other player. And usually that is like what eats me the most is when my assumptions are wrong. Like very often I can actually like get people by basically playing around like I'm holding Cause Wrath in my hand when I'm actually not. You'll be surprised like people will actually consider that at the higher ranks and they're like, oh shoot, he wouldn't do this unless he was holding Cause Wrath. No, no, I totally would. I'm screwing with you. <laughs> but uh, that's why I like to play the most. So with that mindset, I play just about everything. Control facilitates that very easily because it's more like set back. It is about, you know, controlling the board. But aggro can do trapping very well too, especially if like you are very good at baiting your opponent's removal options. It's very fun. Midrange, I think, is ideal for trapping playstyles, but unfortunately, I don't think midrange is really that good or that close to what I would like midrange to be in Skyweaver. It's for what I'm worst at. Uh, I never play combo. Combo, frankly, bores me, and uh, I don't really get much out of it. I feel like where I am as a player, I can get way more with my skills actually playing like more complicated decks than just a, a combo deck. I feel like a combo deck takes away agency from me where I could be doing better with a harder deck. Okay. It sounds like TLD I am the best player <laughs> in Skyweaver. <laughs> I play Dig because Dig is very hard. But with Dig... I lose games because I am not the best player. If I played something like Fox Hyper, I would not enjoy the game as much because most of my losses would be contributable to draw. Makes uh, sense. Actually, uh, you know, uh, there is a really good player named No Reset. I think you guys uh, invited him to the podcast last week. And, you know, uh, he thinks Fox is the most difficult deck to play in Skyweaver. And, uh, it depends on what fox you're talking about. Uh, actually, like fox metal, fox metal takes skill. Um, I think he's uh talking about every fox that is not burned, and his reason is actually similar to uh uh the way you just de described how to play with the trap playstyle because uh um. He's not talking about the mathematical difficulty of playing fox, but rather you have to anticipate what kind of card your opponent uh, would have keep on their opening hand, depending on their uh, first turn play and second turn play or, or such. And you have to try to guess what cards they are holding in their hand and make optimized play uh, based on the uh, assumption you made. And he thinks this is really hard in fact. Oh, it and, is very hard. Yeah, I, the I kind issue of agree. Is that, yeah, yeah, I agree that it's very hard, but I think it's very hard because you're dealing with a lot more randomness. Part of why I really enjoy playing like control in mid range with like this uh, trapping playstyle is that over longer games, as a general rule, you end up getting more information about the opponent. When you're starting with aggro and you're trying to do trapping, 
you basically have to... It works best when the removal suite your opponent can have is very formulaic. So, like, if you know, okay, they've got, like, a deal two option, a deal two option for two mana, another deal two option, and then maybe they'll have, like, a hyper beam and a germinate, but those are less likely, then you can, like, actually play around with removal. But in Skyweaver, the cards are all very... Well, in one sense, they're all very unique in that no two units are really the same at all. <laughs> and in another sense, like, a lot of removal spells will end up just doing the same thing as alternative options at their cost. But uh, you don't know what cards your opponent got in their opening hand, and you kind of have to just assume that they got, like, a normal distribution of cards at the start. But because you're not working with as much information, and because it's much more easy for your assumptions to be erroneous based off of what your opponent plays on turn 1 and turn 2, it is a lot more difficult for Fox to actually use, like, trapping effectively, or any aggro deck for that matter. I think you have to be a bit more board-focused for trapping to actually be worthwhile and effective. Yeah, I kind of agree, but uh, I still agree Noblesse to a certain degree, is that uh, uh, Fox, Fox early game is actually really important for him to uh, have oh, a better win average win rate, and yeah, uh, but I don't think Fox is as versatile as other aggro decks like uh, Lloyd and Titus Aggro we just mentioned because yeah, uh, Lloyd usually run a lot, a lot more one cost card compared to Fox, and Titus mm -hmm. can tutor a lot of cards from something like uh, uh, Elgitro and Joel, yeah. Yeah, but uh, if you want to play around some cards in your opponent hand as Fox, you have to be really, really good at picking the best uh, expected value for yourself. Otherwise, you will have a worse win rate for not playing, mm -hmm. for not spending like every every mana on your on your turn. So yeah, yeah. Honestly, Heatwave can do this pretty well, and I mention it because I do actually have like a good Heatwave build for this patch. It is very nice. It entirely relies on wacky openings that should probably be nerfed, but uh, Cytus, I've got two choices for you. Route 1, pretty familiar. We play Supersonic on turn 1, and it just plays Fox Familiar because that's our only one-man unit. Classic, staple, everybody's seen it, everybody's kind of groaned about it. It usually gets bogey-bogeyed or ensnared or whatever, but you know what, we got our value, it's pretty good. Option two. We run Howling Horn with only Hot Dog and Lao Sensei. And we just do that, and it's very silly. And it works. And you are running both options, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, let, uh, I actually run uh, play Heatwave a couple times myself, and I'm running exactly that. Expect that uh, I also, for some reason, <laughs> run the Sony German in the deck, so... Uh, yeah, I would not. Yeah, I, I still run the real, <clears throat> Yeah, the real meat of the deck is the fact that we can... Like, I'm also running Call to Action, and... Yeah, Call to Action... And with that Howling Horn, you might think, okay, we've kind of we've got a lot of like very specific draws here. If we don't get those, that kind of takes a lot of the strength out of the deck. Well, actually, we run Ifrit to just discard them. But wait, you're going to lose your important stuff. No, we aren't. Vlad and Soulpire Titan is a wacky 
7 to 10 damage burn combo that will never be discarded by Ifrit. So we just like explode the early game. And then, you know, if we draw our combo pieces wrong, we just play Ifrit. It's a 4 mana 5 6 guard and wither, and it sends our deck. It sets up our burn combo, and we win on like turn 7. Yeah. Um, I would call it uh, moderate cheating. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Honestly, I've been. I've been wondering about Anima, if like it might be better for as a design overall, if it was actually reduced to just like plus one plus one, but then it was put on like more cards and effects and stuff. Um, I really like the fact that some player uh is starting to pay three mana for plus two plus two, and uh, I still think uh keeping the plus two plus two uh uh kind of keep the attachment override. Uh, shenanigans in in the game, so that it's still a uh, valid option. And also, if you ever change anima to provide less state, I think uh, Horvick anima and Mira anima uh, is probably no longer playable because uh, they are pretty borderline right now in terms of power level. So well, if you ask me, that, I think that may be true. But hear me out we could print stronger anima cards. We could give something like a... What is it? We could give Jade Golem an extra one health if its anima was weaker. Uh, uh, a will could maybe... A, or also have Banner or something. Like, there are ways that... I mean, yeah, if you reduce the strength of anima and you don't do anything else, of course, that's just a straight-up nerf. Like, anima being played straight-up for three mana is usually not done unless you just have excess mana floating around. But if, like, you reduce it, then who knows? Maybe a uh, full bloom could be a three mana spell instead of four mana. Savage Garden could maybe be changed back too. We could buff up the trees again. Yeah, probably. It's I... just a thought. It's entirely because, like, playing a, like, on turn two, attacking, playing Hellinghorn, getting Hot Dog, and then dropping Fire Rune, and now I have, like, a 5 5 on board, and I've taken two cards out of my deck. And, like, that was a four-mana play, but also I just punted, like, five points of damage into your face. It's got me wondering about, maybe there's a better way to design Anima. Or maybe that's just a Howling Horn problem. Maybe it's just a Howling Horn problem. I, I think uh, they should have foreseen uh, the way that Howling Horn got played like, like this, because uh, there's really not a lot of three-cost unit that can override attachment. As far as yeah. I can imagine, it's Hot Dog, Lao Sensei, maybe uh, Electric Gear. Horak uses it really well with Trident True. You can also oh. use it with... Um, oh, Trapper Keeper? Trapper Keeper, yeah. And then, I mean, this isn't overriding it, but Howlgeist, it activates Howlgeist's... Uh, what are they called? Uh, well, it stops traits. it from equipping yeah, chains. Losing, losing chains, but... That's just a different yeah. benefit. I was thinking about this while I was going through, like, all my Hort cards or whatever. Mushka used to be, like, a 3-mana three 3-3 three, three that had Anima attached. And, like, that would have been a disgusting Howling Horn target. Yeah. Actually, I think it's acceptable because it's 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 just 5-5, five, five, right? Same as Soul Sensei. Well, it would have... Its glory effect was that whenever it hit the enemy hero, it would also attach anima to itself. Also, you mean the very, very old Mushka. 
the very old mushka that was very very silly <laughs> yeah blank handle what would you say that your play style is well you can't get out of telling us what you dislike or are bad at what, what don't you like to play oh. fox or sorry bacon i'm looking at your picture uh... right when i said that <laughs> no funnily enough i don't actually enjoy playing fox when fox is popular that's entirely because I just don't like mirror matches. Oh, you were telling us you didn't like Honestly, combo earlier. I just forgot. Just got off track. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just like combo. Believe it or not, I do actually consider myself very good at playing Wisdom. I actually play Wisdom whenever, like, Dig is not good. I wouldn't say, like, there's any Prism that I'm not good at. I don't play Intellect too much. I'm not really... All of its units are kind of bad, so I don't really play it. All right, for me, I think I play best. I play best for value and tempo, for example, like mostly mid range, I guess, and where I can make optimal trades, optimal mana plays, and um, optimal planning for a later game. That, like Sida said, is something that's good uh, in Zoo. So I enjoy Zoo. Surprisingly, I was never that good at like City Zoo, which was one of the best zoos and also one of the most cerebral. Um, and I like to think <laughs> of myself as a thoughtful player when I am in a game, but I did struggle with that one specifically. Um, of course, then I made the more recent City um, Mummy Zoo, which I was able to pilot very successfully that wasn't necessarily that successful for other people. Uh, I've been playing a Firefox lately, so not Heatwave, just exclusively Fire. And that yeah. kind of has that mid-rangey tradey aspect. But I think that I also like a lot of combo aspects, um, or at least having combo opportunities in your deck. I really enjoyed Iris Banner back a few months ago. Yes. And those kind of combo decks... But not necessarily like too controlly of combo decks. So not Iris Banner. Well, Iris Banner, you know, you you're playing like turn ten, turn eleven. I'm talking not like Mix Wish. Oh. Which isn't necessarily combo, but some people consider it. Or like yeah. Banjo Gato, that was combo. Yeah. In a different way than Iris was. I was just ramped, so had 14 mana, and then made everything cheaper, and then blamed you with low-cost stuff, and montage. But I like that combo. Um, and interesting, like, Grave City, which is, I think, my favorite deck, although I go long periods of time without playing it at all, but that is kind of a combo deck, kind of a control deck. Um, it's a control deck. Yeah. Uh, well, the way I play it, it's kind of combo, but also the way everyone played it back when uh, Festival Cannon was three damage three times, that was definitely uh, a lot of people played it as a combo deck where yeah. they were putting, you know, lead on three different cannons and procking them twice in a row and then, you know, procking them as many times as possible. That was more combo oriented. It's yeah, not a I combo it's deck, a it's a cheat deck. <laughs> Uh, I think, first off, I think it's important to keep cheat as a term specified to, like, just mana stuff. 
Cannon was just like a really overtuned burn option. It wasn't, I mean, it was well beyond its curve in terms of damage it was doing, but it didn't have any like mana acceleration or anything, so I don't think we should really call it cheat. Honestly, we need better terms for all of these things. But uh, anyway, I agree. I we think use the difference between cheat too much. Yeah, yeah. I think cheat specifically needs to refer to hey, this thing is way beyond uh its point along the mana curve, or hey, this combo or these set of cards are way beyond where they should be on the mana curve. I think it all has to relate to like mana in a very specific context. But uh, anyways, I think the thing that separates control from combo is that combo the win con is doing synergies with like one or a few very specific cards so the old one where festival cannon was too strong that was a combo deck because the way that that deck intended to win the majority of games was just doing wacky stuff with festival cannon the current city death deck is not a combo deck because it has a much wider range of avenues to get to a win it can exhaust out an aggro deck it can heal up with a uh, timber and just survive and then play like glitch break or something and then laugh because you're out of units. It can burn you to death with like fireballs or timbers or festival cannons. Or, you know, it can just build up boards a few times with like Pharaonis and Spellbreaker. Or it can just clock you out with like Rising Doom. It has much more avenues and it's not so dedicated to one specific thing. And I think that's why it's a control deck and not a combo deck anymore that totally makes sense and that's one thing i like when i play decks is the option to switch up your win con at some point i know a lot of combos don't have that you're playing towards win con and aggro doesn't yeah. have that you're just playing to aggro but i like decks that can switch their win con i think dig has that you can kind of go from i'm gonna have oh, i'm yeah. gonna definitely like tempo them out through this game or i'm going to like use one or two really big turns to take over and you said a few things that grave can do that are very different like sometimes halfway through a game i'm just like well i'm not going to do anything but good it's all fireballs from here on out you know yeah but i do really like the zoo aspect i personally struggle pretty bad um actually with uh, with pure aggro not necessarily burn too as much, but pure aggro. I have a problem where I'm always looking for optimal or plus value trades or plays that usually take more than one turn. You know, like, oh, if I do this and they do that, then in the end I come up plus two and they go negative one or whatever over the course of two turns. And I make a lot of plays like that in my play style. That's just how I'm wired. And aggro doesn't make a lot of those calculations. And if you start to make those com calculations, you end up losing because you didn't do face damage. And they, you know, normalized and got aboard, got guard, got something that stops you. And that's what aggro needs yeah. to avoid. Yeah. Honestly, I think that aggro can be designed in a way where making those like productive traits can actually further you towards a win con. I think it's kind of just a consequence of the fact that right now, like burn is very good. I cannot say this enough. And so if you're not really doing burn as an aggro deck, you don't really have a reason to be. I played this game this week, which kind of like, I was, I've been playing aggro this past three days cause I'm playing a tournament tomorrow and I wanted to prepare myself for 
what I'll be going against. And I was playing some aggro, and I was struggling, you know. I was struggling with these decks I was seeing other people win with. And um, I played this one game with aggro, and they had on their board, they had two Street Storms and uh, Horde Keeper and uh, <laughs> Zomboid, all with Lifesteal, and they played um, Band Together, so they all got two plus two. And so that's what? Two... Six, nine, 11 points of lifesteal damage on the board. Mm-hmm. And I was just frustrated. I'm just like, I'm playing aggro. I'm just going burn. I'm going to ignore this 11 points of lifesteal damage and go face anyway. And there's no way I'm going to win. And I'm just going to prove my point that sometimes aggros lose. And I won the game. Um, and they had the board the whole time. And they had a crap ton of lifesteal. And I was defiantly like going face just to prove to myself that there's better plays than that obviously sometimes you have to trade and i won and i was kind of frustrated because i'm like this is what i am bad at making the decision to always go face when it's appropriate because like i said none of those things that i mentioned even though they all have lifesteal have guard and um yeah i was able to win against them healing 11 points each turn i can't even imagine (laughs) How you yeah. gonna win when they have eleven? His opponent <laughs> probably should have taken some trades and didn't. Like punting sturge swarms into things, especially a horde keeper on board. That should have just been like free health, but eh. yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, how I they... did it was I got obviously uh, main long four seven eight points of burn damage. <laughs> uh, I top decked uh, Tiamat's rage which took the out, and they had a Breaker Crab at that point, and I had three banner because of Mei Long. Um, but these are things I couldn't plan for because I didn't have them in my hand, so I can't, you know, I decided to only go face with what I did have on board, which was less than 11 points of damage, but because I decided to go face then, when I got the burn by draw, it was able to cause lethal because I, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of stupid. Yeah, burn is too good. It's kind of stupid. There you go, Cytus. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so I, I don't know. So I, I definitely decent at making, because sometimes you look at a board and you're like, okay, I can go face a trade here, and you have the aha moment, or you should, you didn't even call it an aha moment, because it should come natural if you're a good player. Sometimes I have an aha moment. Or I'm like, okay, if I go face here, they're forced to trade. Thereby, I go face for free. If I trade, I'm just missing an attack. Of course, in Skyweaver, there's a lot of buffs. There's a lot of removal. So that's a dangerous choice to make because they will often come up with something else clever. But sometimes you can see a situation where you know what's in their hand, at least have a good idea. And you can go, I go face, they trade, I lose nothing, and I do damage. Um, Those are good to see, but uh, I could do that. But hardly ever, especially in Skyweaver, is it something I feel naturally to do to go face and don't care what they do, you know? Yeah. You have to really know what your opponent is playing because there are a lot of buff spells in Skyweaver that are extremely dangerous. Like Buster with his Dawnblade, very dangerous. Nurtured Bond, Glorious Mane. Uh, in Dig recently, uh, I've started finally getting Crystal Ceratops to work. And of course, Full Bloom is kind of just like a worse version of Dawnblade, if we're being honest. But you know, it's still like shield and that it's kind of dangerous 
Shield Bash is, of course, the classic. I'm surprised we haven't mentioned it today. But, like, if you leave something and they buff it, you are in tough shape. Well, yeah, water. the worst situation is where they have, like, a 0-1 Zomboid because you had Wither with something. And you have, uh, yeah. let's say you have, you know, Maylong or Soul Pyre Titan. You're like, well, I gotta go face with this 7 damage. And then they play Hugeify on it. And yeah. they had 0-1, and you're like, oh, I can leave a 0-1. That's no problem. Then Hugeify, and they yeah. trade and benefit. Um, so you you have to be conscientious of that shit, for sure. Yeah. But, you know, some heroes like just don't really have good buff options. Like, I'm not sure that Mai has any good buff options. Like, she has Orion. She's got Gemini. But, like, those are a bit pricier. Yeah. Orion has been for a Gemini just seems like it's never good. Gemini should be very good because like it's eight mana for just 12, 12 stats. That should just work. well, it's a maximum of uh, 11, 11 stats or basically because you're not playing on zero, zero, you're playing yeah. it on something. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but like you should be able to like do some really big swings with it, especially like if you get armor, if you happen to have like one of my favorite wisdom units, tactician, if you just have him floating around. You can just like casually slap that with some lifesteal. But uh I don't know, it's not very good in the current meta. I think it might have been crept up a little. I still run the card in front of the Mira Metal variation, but uh yeah. you know Well uh, there it can benefit from Glorious Main and stuff. Yeah. Every but, Mirror Metal uh, I've run with Gemini in it, I've pulled Gemini and put in Wrath. Uh, I mean you can still run both, but uh after, yeah, I think you run both. After they print Bulwark, I think uh, Bulwark is just too good in metal, uh, Mirror Metal as an A-Coast unit, so uh, in my most recent variation, I took out Gemini for Bulwark. I think you... I think there might be a more mid-range variant where you run both with Buffer, with Chromiosaur. You said mid-range, and, and then you said, rough. like, all these yeah. high-cost units... It's well, all... yeah, mid-range has to have finishers. We'll run Draco Impact. It'll be fine. Dude, I played somebody the other day who was, like, a mirror metal, and, like, they had all of that stuff, plus Dracomantium. Caught me off guard. Yeah, there's I, some uh... big ones. But the thing yeah, with... Yeah, I had to do some stuff with Titanic. Mira struggles with Chromiosaurus compared to Dig in an interesting way, where Mira has a lot easier time getting it out the first time. There's a lot more... You know, tutoring options, mm -hmm. but Dig can possibly get it out two or three times, making your Fronis five cost or your BFR six cost or whatever, you know. Yeah. Getting a second copy of Chromiosaur is very big for Dig, just because you end up accelerating a ton of mana. But honestly, you really just need it once to be very good. Well, you need it once, and you need the game to, like, last a bit. Yeah. If you just play it once, it is actually a. Not very good on tempo, despite how it looks. I mean, it's still okay, because it has dash. Uh, I don't know. I don't know for certain that this is where it would be. But I'm pretty sure that a on-curve vanilla 5-5 with dash would just be a 5-mana unit. It's entirely the fact that like, it has that like discount effect that actually costs one more. Which I think is also why whenever like you actually curve it with the discount into something like Pharaonus, that it doesn't actually feel too harsh. It's because there's that lag from the initial investment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly good. I run it. 
it is a highly appreciated card. But uh, you have to you have to have a good board state to actually use it well, because if you just play it and kill something with it, and it trades, that's you're usually not in a very good spot. Yeah, middle beer is like the kind of deck I feel like I should like to play because it does have the elements of good trades. It has some sort of zoo elements as well. I wouldn't call it a zoo deck, maybe, but it definitely can build a lot of units especially armist guards if you're playing that variety but i feel like it just falls short in the current meta um to too many other things that are being run yeah honestly now that i think about it, it has a lot of good options like if you if you want to go heavy on the top end like i'm thinking you could definitely like chromiosaur into spellbreaker seems kind of hot also you know you get to run like armis medic glorious main is handy yeah, I think uh, uh, cavalry. I think the deck is still among the top of tier two to bottom of tier one. Uh, besides Benjo Groover, I play Mirror Metal a lot. Uh, e even in Cure Meta, and uh, the, the reason is probably that uh, you you really need some hard removal in uh to answer the cheating units in Cure Meta and. Mad Bribes and Germinate is just two very good options, and they are really, really cheap, so you can try to keep the tempo in early game. And I also uh, think uh, Rage Cage is the one of the best hit uh, from On the Hunt. Uh, you, you are essentially playing 3 mana for a 3-2 armor double banner, and it's a really good... Uh, it's a really good unit in the early game if you don't draw uh the best opening hand that uh come with glorious man it, it will still help you in the early game and in the mid game you have a lot of different options like uh you can get army scott in your hand with with medic and you can probably try to play jungle guide or the overheart brawler with those army guards and try to start building board presence in mid game so i i think that the the deck is still fine yeah what is that yeah i uh, know i was just saying that that's it sounds so good when you say it out loud but uh yeah i love that play yeah yeah and i've I, definitely lost a game to it well i never played yeah, a variety with um rage cage i'd love for you to share this uh this list with me Sure, uh, I, I can actually post it, so you can probably link it in the podcast description. Yeah, so it'll be there. Every, every, yeah. The fun fact is that uh, I think uh, Mirror Metal is actually not played a lot in the last two patches, but when I start to play <laughs> my own Mirror Metal variations, and then I start to see a lot of other players playing the exact exactly same deck list, <laughs> I have no idea how they got my deck list, but uh, when I play Banjo Groover, I run into a lot of Mirror Metal that is running the exactly same card as my Mirror Metal, so I guess they copied the deck from somewhere and was enjoying it. So I guess that indicate the deck is uh, pretty decent, uh, even if not among the top, it's still very playable. The other nice thing about Mirror Metal currently would be the fact that everyone is expecting Cheat Manucci, uh, Matucci, whatever. 
Uh, Mutichi yeah. coming? Well, yeah, they're going to be expecting that. Or it may be Mirror Surge, but probably Mutichi's command. So coming out with metal is going to throw them off their mulligan. Yeah. <laughs> another reason why open deck list might be pretty cool. Or another reason to play off meta if you don't have open deck list. Yeah. Now we know what uh, Bacon is bad at. The mulligan? He... Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, he, he hates he hates that he have no idea what is coming from his opponent. And if let I want control, Sidus. <laughs> I want to control everything. Yeah. Let me, just let me. Just, just let me do it hey, all. You know what? I <laughs> want it all, Sidus. I told you I'm running over mind. You should run over mind. You can see the opponent's hand, and then you should be happy. Yes. Honestly, I'm looking at like my decks right now. And my Banjo Water deck could actually make really good use of Overmind. Because, like, I have Turn the Tide, too, so, like, I can totally just, like, play minus ones. Honestly, when oh, you man. have, like, five health left and they have a board, you play Overmind, you, it's so nice to know, hey, I'm not dead next turn. I can actually, I should pay attention. Because you usually expect to be dead in that situation, even if everything has, you know, days. They're going to figure out a way to get five uh -huh. damage. But if you can see that you're not dead, uh, you can start trying to get creative. That's definitely won me a game or two. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I should definitely go back to running Overmind. Oh, by the way, uh, Bacon, you mentioned you don't play Intellect a lot. Uh, but uh, you might well, know... There's a lot of Intellect cards I like. I just don't play the Prism very often. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was going to say that uh, there are a lot of parts that can reveal casting opponent's hand in intellect. So how do you think about this reveal me mechanic in general? Honestly, I think it's cool. I mean, there's always a cost for it, but like, I think you have better, more interesting games when players are playing with more information. I do think that there can become a point where if players are just playing with like perfect information that you might get a bit of an issue in terms of like just solving the game. But uh, I think like a reveal effect here and there is very nice and cool. One of my favorite heart cards actually is very, honestly, it's not too great, but uh, I still really like it. Bad dreams? Bad dreams. Yes. Well, I've had a lot of games where like back before the card pool was so big and you had to like get more creative with what you were doing. One of the things I found that was very helpful was if you take bad dreams in the mulligan, and you're up against, like, an aggro deck, a lot of, like, aggro units have got, like, maybe one or two power. So they just play their turn. You bad dreams. You know exactly what they're holding. And if they played anything like a Fox Familiar or an Ikaru or whatever, you basically just remove it from the equation. Yeah. And, you know, you revealed it too. It, it's, it's very low level. It doesn't even, like, remove things. But uh, it has a lot of cool utility. It's good with, like, dash units because they trade better. And it's also really good with stuff like uh, armor or titanic. Just because those little numbers will add up. Yeah. So uh, the thing I, I like uh, about card life back drain is that you actually get more information uh, from playing these kind of cards. Because if if uh, after you play back drain, some card is not revealed, you know it is a spell. 
And uh, there are other similar cards that reveal cards from often hand and also provide information like uh, Bedrin Dust, for example, Hill of Arrows. So this card will give the left and right most units in enemy hand plus one cost and reveal them. So if after you play Hill of Arrows, uh, the cards in uh, uh, the left and right most card in enemy hand is still not revealed, you know they are not units. So uh, this kind of stuff gives additional information. So uh, I really like to play this kind of card that is uh, related to uh, reveal mechanic. Uh, on the other hand, we have some kind of cards that just reveal uh, kind of random cards in enemy hands. For example, uh, I Spy said uh, reveal the enemies to let most cards in hand. But uh, all you got to see is uh, are just those two cards. You have no idea uh, if the rest of cards in enemy hand is units or other spells. So that's uh, a bit less information, which is kind of the PT right now because I think the remove mechanic is uh, really interesting. Uh, you can even try to guess uh, what kind of, of spell they are keeping in their opening hand if you got to see uh, one or two additional cards that is certain certain type in enemy hands and it will introduce a lot of uh thinking process into the game which is uh one of the things that i love the most in card games all right Cytus. Yeah. Uh, let's yeah. challenge ourselves as a podcast to make a, a cygnus deck let's make one work uh you know <laughs> <laughs> you mean reveal deck uh, well, yeah, it was Cygnus to make all their cards cost one more. Okay. Um, as far as I remember, the last time I think it is it was in the real deck is the uh Soul Data Banjo. And oh yeah, yeah. I think uh, I mean the the unit is not that bad. It's probably playable. I mean, the attached I spy is okay. I don't think reveal okay. should like. Yeah. yeah, I don't think reveal should like really be an archetype. I think it should be like more a thing that just like you can kind of tech into your deck. Bacon, I do things for the memes, not to win. Should... Hush. For the memes. The only thing that the only thing that matters is crushing your opponents between the heel of your boot. And it is a cowboy. This is literally why I'm playing this tournament tomorrow is because people watch my stream and I, I play so much for the memes. I want to prove that I can actually play to win too. We'll see, but like all of your practice is with playing for memes. Oh, yeah. You don't have any boot crushing practice. I, I okay. So I got. Do the, you even I... two step? <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Size. Okay. Okay. Wait. Wait, guys. I I have a mean idea. So. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. Uh, we try to reduce the cost of sickness down to one, and then we copy it from. Yeah, Tango I like Land. this. I like this. <laughs> no. Yeah. And then we can we can play. We're not doing this. <laughs> we can play Ice Fight, which got also got copy no. from Tango Land, So we reveal every no. single card in enemy hands. If we're playing and Banjo, we can, we can just play Overmind. Uh, yeah, that as well, but it's not as cool. Right? No, right, it's not as cool because we got I Spy and it'll double with Tone Gold. All right. Yeah. So now the all the cards in open hands will get revealed, and we have so much sickness 
on the board that every single card in their hand is like plus three or plus four cost. And we just pass the turn, yeah. and they 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 can play nothing. And then and next turn, <laughs> we swing with everyone on our board and win again. Okay, I will try to build it. Let's build it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> uh. Okay. Okay. I've got two candidates. We've got Gear Grind from. I mean, Gear Grind and also Mechabun. There is also Scroll Keeper, which can give the left and right most cards in your hand minus one cost. Notably, these can also end up hitting your Tome Golem, but I don't think that's too bad. You just need two of them to hit. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that can discount? I'm not sure. I'm not sure that there's anything else in Banjo that can discount units. Like Clotsloth would be great, but uh, that has to live a turn. Yeah, especially uh, now you cannot play Dream Calling into Cloudstar anymore. Oh, whatever will Banjo do? <laughs> do you even have any other good cards other than Cloud Sloth and Dream Calling and Zavi and Giza, and Potion Seller, Candy Mask, Shiny, Whelm? Keep going. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, let me, let me just name them. Okay, we've already, we've already, just... we've already just got, I got drowned in the wisdom cards. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got our weed seller, I mean pot seller, I mean potion seller, candy mask, ghost duster, shiny, Giza, All right, all right, you can stop now. <laughs> like, it's, they're all good. They're all good cards. Like, what do you do? How do you even build a banjo deck? You I mean, can't choose. <laughs> uh, we we can probably just play removal banjo uh, with sickness, sapphire, tongue golden as the only unit in our deck. So if we play it that way, you can also play fish. So you can reduce uh, one cost from the beginning and also draw your key card, and then you just play uh, gear green or whatever. Mm -hmm. I then... think you I think you also want Mecha Bun. Because, like, it will also draw the uh, Singus for you. Yeah, but if you play Mecha Bun, and I, I mean, you can still play Fish, but it's no longer a tutor. I guess that's fine. Well, well yeah, but Mecha Bun will draw Singus or Cygnus, and then if you play the Gear Grind with it, and Cygnus is the only unit in your hand, it'll just discount it straight to one. Yeah. It's a bit uh, more unstable comparing to not running it, I would say, because if you uh, unfortunately draw yeah. Sapphire or Sangolan, yeah, it's all about reducing the cost to one. So... Yeah, I think I think your easiest is going to be fish, put it on the left side, make it two cost, and then get the uh, gear grind whenever that happens. Yeah. Do you think you also run Mixed Wish in this deck, so like there's actually a Lincoln? Yeah, of course we can do that. <laughs> yeah, we can run. We can we can run three units. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you run three units in total, you don't need a ring count anymore because you just exhort the hero out of your opponent. Yeah, so I just be like, yeah, the banjo deck can have one unit as a treat. <laughs> have a little salami as a treat. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Me looking at Coulter in my basement. Yeah, he can have a cupcake as a treat. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um.
It's been a while since I've made any basement you, jokes. It's been a while since you fed Coulter in spring break. <laughs> well, yeah, but like that's not abnormal. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, anything you want to leave us with? This uh, episode was a little less, you know, about the game, more about ourselves, but you can get to know us and we definitely covered what you see in Skyweaver um and what you can be prepared for with playstyles. Um what is your best advice, uh, Cytus, for someone trying to find their playstyle? Mm, I would say start from uh, observing popular players. So uh, if you don't know yet, you can click the ranks button on the top top right corner of the game client. And then you will see a list of best players in each mode. And if you click into their profile, you will see a spectate link and you can copy this link. And if you just post this link into your browser, you will open a new page and uh, the that page will be uh, uh, your place to watch this player playing their game if they are currently playing. And if they are not playing at the moment, you can still watch their last game. So, um, you can maybe try to find some uh, player and see what kind of archetype they are playing. And maybe uh, because you are, you are watching and instead of playing, you can just try to sit back and imagine um, what could be the play in this turn. And if it, if uh, while you are doing this, if you are feeling hot, it, it probably means either you are not uh, knowledgeable enough for the game or the archetype is not for you but uh, um, if you are really if you really want to get better in this game I think start from spectating is a lot easier comparing to some more hard way such as uh, analyzing your own replays or try to uh, build a deck from scratch and figuring every single interaction that a deck is probably capable of doing. So yeah, I will, I will say uh, observing better player is a good beginning. And there is, by the way, an easier way to watch the best player play than go to the spectate leak at the top of the rank. You can just watch Blake Handle stream five days a week. That's not how you pronounce my name. You don't have a stream. <laughs> yeah. Yet. I actually, like, I have this new computer. So, like, I'm looking at it. But also, I'm about to start doing grad school things. So, I don't know if I'll be able to. I don't need the competition. But, uh, we will see. We will see if the... Yeah, you can handle the competition. We'll see if the uh, MacBook Pro can actually handle, like, Twitch and Skyweaver at the same time. If it does, there may be some streams in the future. I'd be excited to see that and promote it for you, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I, try, I tried streaming like a long time ago, but uh, I couldn't say anything or like the stream would crash. And that wasn't really a very good stream. Uh, if I remember correctly, you have been streaming on Discord like a couple of times. And uh, I'll do it every now and then. Yeah. But uh, most of the time, like, I'm not really. It's very sporadic when I play. So, like, I don't really do that very often. Okay. So, guys, I, I will also recommend Brain Handle Stream. It's really chill. And even if uh, 
maybe he is not as good as Bacon at <laughs> training, <laughs> training their play to be. But uh, 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 if 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 uh, if you check the link and video in the man of show Discord every now and then, you would probably see Blank Handle making some really sick play with his City death, which I also enjoy a lot. So. Uh, <laughs> uh, even if uh, again he is not as good as Bacon claims to be, but you can say it one more time. You can say it one more time, Sidus. I would not. I wouldn't. I would not mind hearing that one more time, Sidus. <laughs> no, I was just throwing. Okay, but uh, yeah, I, I still... Jamie, play that clip back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still see Frank Handel making uh, excellent play every now and then on his stream. So definitely check it out. And Sidus, you stream as well sometimes, and um, I I am not as good as ba uh, Bacon claims to be, but I can go toe-to-toe -to -toe for them in a real game. <laughs> Sidus, I am not as good as you. If you want to see a top-level player play, watch Sidus' stream. He definitely, it, he's doing all sorts of puzzles and stuff because he's bored being so good at the game. <laughs> now gen that again. <laughs> Okay, uh, so uh, when I stream, I mostly do it in Chinese, but uh, uh, I can also understand English pretty well. So if you are English native speaker, don't don't feel shy to chat with me in English for sure. All right, that's the promotion section. Anything you want to close us out with, Bacon? Uh, do we want to tease the idea for next week? Are we going to use that idea? Do we know? Yet? Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll talk about it amongst ourselves first. All right, all right. We'll end on an ambiguous note then. Unlike my victories, which are absolute and crushing. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thanks for joining us today, Sky Sessions. We'll be back next Monday. Um, but for now, have a good day, night, and life.